Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Let's just pray together. Father God, we just thank you that we can come together to worship and to praise this morning. We pray, Lord, that you are here in our service, in everybody's home, in the church building, with each one of us, and that you will speak to us, Lord, and that you will share your words with us so that we can know that we've been in your presence. Bless this time and bless each one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Slight change to the order of service from what we've been used to recently. I thought the next thing we'd do would be a hymn which if we were in church, that's what we would do. So we're going to have a Amazing Grace, which hopefully we'll play. And hopefully you can sing along to in your own homes. Um, I would leave my mic on, but I'm not going to put you through that first thing in the morning. So we can all sing and praise where we are. Amazing Grace. Shine, but God who 
Sorry about that, Tim. Thanks for the quick message. To tell me what to do. <laughs> um, we're now moving to a time of prayer. I think it's Dave and Kate who are leading us with the Lord's Prayer this morning. Yeah, I'll just check. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the, the power, power and the glory are yours, now and forever. forever. Amen. So now it is birthdays. So uh, let me go on to, to gallery view. Does anybody have a birthday? Oh, I thought you were, you were saying yes there, Mike, but you were just doing something on your screen. <laughs> no? Okay. I guess Martin has. <laughs> I was I was ready to wheel in my my able assistant <laughs> as well, but <laughs> okay. David, Jim, I think I think, I think somebody in church has. Oh, sorry, who has? It's Derek here. Can I say something? Go on, yeah. It's Martin. Martin. Okay, Martin. Cool. Right. Okay. So. Um, you shall have to listen to my 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 dulcet tones. Um, if, uh, please sing along, but obviously on mute. So here we go. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Martin. Happy birthday to you. Eric, did you want to say something then, or are you okay? I did. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. Yes, can you, if you can still hear me. Um, some good news, really. Sue and I are going to get married in four weeks' time. 
Congratulations. Congratulations. COVID, COVID allowing, of course. But uh, we seem to manage to slip underneath the uh, the bars that the government is setting. Um, we're getting married in Cumbria in, on the 23rd of October. Brilliant. <laughs> Please pass on my congratulations to Sue. All right. Well Thank you very much for that in new, great news. Um, I think it's time for our Bible readings. That We're reading three serv- uh, readings today. When, when it was given the readings, I'll explain to you later. When I was given the readings, I looked at the lectionary. Couldn't really decide which one to pick, so we've got three. Um, so I think the first readings are from Andy. Is that right? Yep. Um, so the first reading is Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. So if you've got your Bible, uh, just turn to Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. Um, and it's entitled, The One Who Sins Will Die. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. And the second reading is in the New Testament. It's Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 to 32. And it's entitled, The Authority of Jesus Questioned. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it amongst themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin... We are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Parable of the two sons. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. So the final reading is uh, Philippians 2 verses 1 to 13. 
Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirits, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind, of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That's at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I'm going to, to read my sermon, if that's OK, but that just means that I'm going to put it on the screen. So I'll be talking to you, but I actually won't be able to see you. So <laughs> don't go to sleep. I'll try and change the volume every now and again just to make sure you're awake. OK. All right. So. It can be really helpful to be given recommended readings for each Sunday. Although sometimes they don't seem to match what God is telling you to preach about. But then other times you read them and think, well, if no one else in the church needs to hear that, I do. With that in mind, I read all the readings that that were recommended and then sat back to listen to what God wanted us to hear. All the readings had good messages. The Ezekiel reading talked about complaining and blaming coming too easily. And the reading from Matthew showing that the kingdom of God of heaven is entered by faith, not by rank or position. But the theme for the service this morning is based on the Philippians reading. As I said before, my Bible is pretty old, NIV, which has lots of notes at the side of the actual scripture, trying to give help to explain the scripture a little more clearly. The notes against verses one and two of chapter two of Philippians said this. The church is not basically a building or an organisation, but a family of persons who share a common life or fellowship. I have to say, when I saw that, I thought that has to be the message for our church today. Surely that's who we are. That's what we are trying to achieve. We are all descendants of a common ancestor. We are all part of God's family and adopted children of the one true God. 
We belong to the same fellowship. Fellowship. The dictionary says friendly association, especially with people who share one interest, a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. And what is our aim? Well, here we are, all of a like mind, to praise, worship, love and serve God. As I was thinking about that, the last bit struck a chord. Serve him. Do we really all do that? Perhaps we'll come back to that later. So let's look at the reading. First, a little background. Philippians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the congregation he started in the city of Philippi, located in the northeastern part of Greece. Paul wrote that letter while he was in prison, expecting at any time to be executed for his faith. Paul was effectively writing this letter, saying goodbye to his friends, believing he would never see them again. He opened up his heart to share the things that he felt he needed to say and explain, but never would have the opportunity to say. As I suppose anyone would, and certainly I have seen this in the past, when you think that something serious is going to happen, you cut through the meaningless chatter of life and you start to say the things that you want people to hear. Things that you think are important, things that they need to hear. So let's look at the reading again. Verses one and two. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Remember the theme for the day. The church is not basically a building or an organisation, but a family of persons who share a common life of fellowship. That common life is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a life of love, of patience and of trust. It's the life of the eternal God shared with his people. We are God's family. We share his work, his vision, his goal. But we always need to remember that we are all one family, his family. As a lot of us will have seen, families can be divided. They can have problems within them and things can be said and done that cause division, hurt, pain and suffering. To mention just a few. You would hope and pray they didn't, but we all know they can. They can also be the source of great joy, of happiness, of peace and of love. Paul here is outlining how we, as God's family, need to live to be truly effective in his work. Verses three and four. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. 
We are God's family. We should focus our minds and activities on other people, not ourselves, their needs, their hopes, not on our thoughts, nor our selfish wants. We need to try to support each other, strengthen each other, encourage one another. As Christians, we must copy the love and humility of Christ by overcoming our selfish ambition and giving priority to the needs of others. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't remember that and I don't even find it easy. But a simple word of encouragement sometimes is all it takes. But even that is not always said. Verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Jesus is the supreme example of humility. He is divine by nature, but did not selfishly demand his rights as Lord. He gave up the glory of heaven to live here as a man. Even then, he did not seek a royal treatment, but rather took on the role of a servant. That was not the end of his humility, though. He followed and obeyed the father's plan and died for our sins. As Graham Kendrick said in a song, this is our God. The servant king. He calls us now to follow him. To bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. That is what we are called to do. I would very much like to think I live my life like that. But being honest, I know I don't. And I doubt anyone does completely. After all, there has only ever been one perfect person. Reflecting on things, I probably would think that a lot of the time I fail to do him justice. It's very easy to say I'm too old, too fat, too tired to do things. But God calls me to be his family all the time. All the time. How do you feel about that? Not asking you to share. But think, how do you feel about that? As it says in verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Do we? I am not telling you how we should live our lives as a church, but we are one family, one fellowship. We should think, follow and serve as one. I am saying, read these verses. Take a good long look at them and yourself and ask God if there is anything that may prevent you being as effective for him as you could be. Then if there is, 
bring it before him and let him deal with it. The last two verses of the reading are on a slightly different tack. Headed, do everything without grumbling. That's throwback, really, to the Ezekiel reading. Verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been asked by anyone? Have you been saved? How do you answer? I don't know about you, but sometimes I think that when we talk about salvation, we only think of it in terms of when we die, are we going to heaven? Yes, we have been saved and we know we are going to heaven. Of course, that is true. But in reality, we're still here. So what do you think Paul is on about in verse 12? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In scripture, Salvation is always about an experience in this world. In scripture, salvation means being liberated, being freed, being freed from that which weighs you down. In the story of Exodus, when the Israelites were held as slaves in Egypt, the word salvation was used when Moses helped to lead them out of slavery, when they were released from the bondage of Pharaoh's grasp. Sometimes in scripture, Salvation means being rescued from danger or that which threatens us. All throughout the Psalms, salvation is about being rescued, rescued from the danger of enemies, the danger of illness. Salvation is not just about what happens when we pass from this life to the next, but what we do with the rest of our lives from when we have been saved. So how do we work our salvation out on this earth? Well, the answers are all given to us. We must be like Jesus in everything we do, not only to our brothers and sisters in Christ, but even more so to those people who do not yet know him. We must continue to serve people, to be the people that Jesus wants us to be, to shine a light for him, to point people to salvation so that they too may be saved. When people see us, they should see Jesus loving them, caring for them, serving them. We must never get complacent or feel that other people can or are doing it. But we, you and me, must always be doing what we can. Remember, we, anyone who accepted Jesus Christ and Lord and Saviour of their lives, are saved. So, when we are saved, do we sit on our hands thinking perhaps a little smugly that that's it now? I can't lose it. I am saved. Perhaps if you think that, you were never really saved in the first place. It is because we are saved that we are working for God and being his servant. We are not working for God to become saved. In our reading, Paul is not saying, go and be a good enough person so that God who lives in the sky will let you into heaven. If we are truly saved, we already have that assurance. 
Instead, we are to go and put the interests of others before your own, because that is the way to liberation, freedom, healing, fullness of life, salvation here and now in this life. Go and put the interests of others before your own, because that is the way. And that is where God's promises are to be found. God does not live in the sky. God promises to be found in and among us. Here and now in the ways we work together to bring about salvation here on earth. Paul says, work out your own salvation, for it is God who is at work in you. And that word, you, is plural, meaning it's not just about you as an individual. It's about you, the person you're sitting next to, the person in front of you, the person behind you. It's about being at work in and between us, in our relationship, in this very community. And doing all of that, God will be seen and glorified. All of this is what Paul says and what he thinks in his farewell letter to the Philippians. He wants to tell them the most important stuff because it might be his last chance. He says, work out your own salvation. For it is God who is at work in you. That message applies to each one of us. Work out your own salvation. Not because you can get to heaven. You already have that promise. But for all the people who need salvation here and now, salvation cannot and should not wait. Work out your salvation. God is already at work in your life. And salvation cannot wait. Amen. Just before we go into our prayers for the community, can I say some words of encouragement to you, perhaps? Um, that sermon, if you, were, if you stayed away long enough to hear it, might have been sounding a bit strong. But the reality of it is, is that the work we do in our community is being accepted by a community and they're noticing it. And they're seeing it and they're talking about it. I was at a governor's meeting this week and at the governor's meeting, the, one of the governors said that the church wanted to be thanked and congratulated on giving the coffees out at the beginning of term. A job that we would now normally have done, but for some reason we've thought outside the box because of the lockdown. And on the way to school, parents and anybody who wanted it could have a drink. That was noticed by people in our community, as has been the fact that we are working with the school. That's been noticed by our community. People are taking it more perhaps on board than when we were in the church building. Thinking outside the box is having such a big difference to the community who are stuck in a box. And therefore, it's something for us to work on. Be imaginative. Come up with ideas. They may well work. They may do something that can bring glory to God. Uh, I'm going to, going to ask, who is it I'm going to ask? Whoever's got the prayers of intercession. And it's Stuart. Sorry. Sorry. Had the wrong piece of paper on, on the top of the pile. Could you please lead us in our prayers? I will. Thank you. So let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that we have this opportunity to, to come to you because 
you have given us that wonderful gift of salvation. And Lord, we hear that word that, that Collins just brought, that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling, that we come to you and we want to offer our lives to you. So as we pray, we give ourselves and we say, Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us to follow your way. Help us to have at least some of that humility that Jesus had as he gave himself on the cross. Help us to have compassion for our community and for our world. To look at it as you look at it with love. And Lord, to be beacons of hope in the world we live in. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for uh, these opportunities we have to share and to uh, to serve. And we pray for our local schools. We thank you for them. We thank you for the work that goes on in them. And at this difficult time, we pray for the teachers and the head teacher, uh, head teachers of the schools, those who work, the staff and the students. Lord, pray for your protection and your peace in those places. We thank you, Lord, for those who work in our community on our behalf to help us and to keep us safe. And we pray especially for our fire service, for the ambulance service, for our doctors and nurses. And this week, especially, we bring to you our police force. Praying especially for the families of PC Ratana, who was killed in his line of duty. Be with them, Lord, and strengthen them in this difficult time. We pray for our own officers here, uh, PC Gareth and PCSO Steve. Again, we pray for your protection upon them and that in their duty they may serve uh, the community here with a sense of strength and bring uh, a community of peace. We pray for the work of your church in this place. We thank you for the churches. We pray for our friends at Birchwood Community Church and the table. And for the work that we do together in the food pantry and in other uh, situations. And ask, Lord, that as we work together, our community might see that we're working as a fellowship in unity of your Holy Spirit. Draw us together, we pray. May we know your presence as we work and serve you. And we have things to give thanks for. We thank you for that wonderful news uh, that Derek will be getting married soon. We pray for him uh, and his new wife. We pray, Lord, that you will bless them in that new time together and that they will grow together in love for each other and in love of you. And we thank you for the safe delivery of the baby boy, Michael, to Lisa uh, and Augustine this week. Be with them, Lord. And uh, as they celebrate this new birth, just let them know your peace and joy. And Lord, we know that there are people in our lives that need your peace, your love, your help, uh, your healing. And in a moment now, Lord, we bring them to you.
pour out your blessings and your love on those we've mentioned in our hearts. And again, Lord, finally, we bring ourselves before you. May we look something like Jesus as we serve the community, that they may know the wonder of your salvation and give you the praise and the glory that only you deserve. In the name of Jesus, we bring our prayers. Amen. Thanks very much, Stuart. Um, we've got another song to sing. Um, before before we sing it, let me just encourage you to read, uh, sorry, to listen to the music list on YouTube. Um, there's some really, really nice songs on there, um, especially listen to verses, uh, songs five and six. I did say this to people who were here early, early for the service, but not to everybody. If you listen to the songs, there are some really good choices there from by Rachel, and especially songs five and six, which just echo the sentiments of what the sermon was today. So just enjoy them and listen to them. Uh, the song that we're going to sing now is um, an old Graham Kendrick song. It's basically called Knowing You, or some people may know it as all I once held dear. Um, so we'll be singing that right now.
Thanks, Colin, uh, for a great service. Um, so we'll finish with the grace. So if you can all unmute, let's go on to gallery view. See everybody. Uh, so should we all say together, may the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, Amen.